I want to go on a rant here. What the hell does rant mean? Did that did that come in? Was that low? It was a little bit low, but I heard it. I, I, I feel I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do that again. I want to go on a rant here. What the hell does rant mean? Uh, is that better? Much better. All right, I don't know what was going on there. But uh, hello all and welcome to this. This is episode... Ooh, what, Slayer reference. What episode are we on? Four? Four minus one? Four minus one. Five yeah. minus four? So I wanted to quickly shout out. I know I, I touched on this before. We have an uh, a Amazon wish list, which is more like my wish list because I just added stuff to it. And uh, a couple of people actually bought stuff off of it. So I'll start off with Randy, who like bought something off of it immediately. So he got this, which he actually bought from the the figure website. This is actually a really good face scan of Bobby Fish. Whoa. Yeah, this is like is. really good. This is like better than a lot of the WWE ones. And it's already like in its own case. So this will go. You should see. I, I should do. I know it's not going to come off well on audio, but like I have a, a quite a big Bobby Fish card collection that I could show off that I've spent like thousands of dollars on. And then he also bought this for you which is disgusting to me and i really need to get this out of my house so i might actually have to ship it to you because all right you can let me let me know what you think of this because the the face scan on this one is not quite there but it is this whoa dak got a lot uh more does he not look way darker yeah way much uh, and i don't know if you can way really further darker complexion his- yeah, you can't really like that. It doesn't look anything like him. Thank you, though, Randy. That's uh, I mean, these, these things you're not like really looking for like a perfect face. It's just the uniform and whatnot. So this will if you could set up like where that lamp was last time we recorded or the first episode, you put this on there. It looks great. I'm actually planning to get a shelf back there to uh, to display some things. That would, that would be, be the first thing cool. I display. All right. Technical glitch. I uh, somehow the volume turned down because i don't know how you what you do like i just take all this stuff and put it like behind my desk which is actually the front of the room so i just throw there's a bunch of million cords that are like since this is the my office for work when we're done recording i pack everything back up into the boxes okay that's way too much yeah it's a little every time every time all right dynamite just started but uh if you want to buy a gift uh if it's 25 bucks or more i'll send you a free podcast t-shirt randy yours is on the way Oh, I forgot. Uh, James D. He had, uh, unfortunately is a big Rangers fan, but he sent me a pair of uh, New Jersey Devils gloves, which I like. So they are the texting ones, so I can actually text when I have gloves on now. Because oh, those, those are clutch. The old ones I had worn off, so I would have to take the glove off and you know do all that crap. But uh, thank you to James and Randy. So if you do want to buy something, maybe maybe Ramey can throw a few items on there of his own. I put Taco Bell gift cards on there. And I think it was you said like, there was a hundred or something. Yeah, <laughs> you saw that. I was like, I don't want to put one, but I, so I'll just put a hundred because that's pretty funny. If somebody buys me a hundred twenty-five dollar gift cards to Taco Bell, so I just I'm like I just put a bunch of random shit on there. So if you want to buy me something, it's twenty-five bucks or over. I will certainly send you a free T-shirt. So I oh Randy, Randy, yours is in the mail. I have to get James's info, and then uh, Ramy surprised me and said he bought me something off of the registry. So I believe it's coming on Friday. I feel like, what's today, Wednesday? Yes. So I feel like, what's better, me waiting to open it? Well, then if I get it, I have to wait all the way till next week to open it on the podcast. Yeah. So what's better, me waiting and opening it on the podcast or you telling me right now? It's not like we're live. We can get 
That's true, but also if you open it on the podcast next week, no one that's listening is going to see it anyway. That's true. I wonder because what's what what would be a better reaction? They're arriving Saturday. I just checked the track. There is it a person? Yes. Did, did you buy me that Russian love doll? No, it's actually I I got you. Um, we'll talk about it later, but it's actually Jack Hughes. He's coming to your house. Oh my god, I wish. So we have to get into that. That'll be what we talk about also. But I feel like it's a better reaction if I open it on. If, if, is it like something that I'll react to? I think so. I mean, it was on the wish list, so it's something that you wanted. That's true. I, I, I mean, kinda, did you put anything on the on there that you didn't want? Most of it was stuff I didn't want. I just want I just wanted to give Jeff Bezos money, so I just put random stuff on there. I feel oh, like Bezos. I probably know what it is because you usually go big, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. Now I'm going to be really disappointed in myself if what you think it is isn't what it actually well, is. Well, anything on there is something that I would really like because it was I just typed in devils for a lot of stuff and I was like, yeah, this looks cool. Because like, my sister asked me for what I wanted, and when you get like what over the age of what like eighteen or whatever, you're like, I don't know what I want. Like so much easier when we were kids. Just give me a bunch of toys. Give me an N64 game. Now I was just like typing in devils, Knicks, Giants. Uh, who else do I like? <laughs> oh yeah, Yankees. And putting stuff on there for I don't know, but uh, yeah. So first up on the uh, the list, I feel like we have a follow up. I don't remember what the unusual death was. I'm horrible at this. So uh, to to catch you guys up on a follow up from last week. So the the unusual death that you went over last week was from uh, 2004. Uh, Francis Daniel Brom. Oh, the guy a was passenger in a car. Okay. Yeah, stuck yeah. his head out the window and was decapitated and his friend did not realize that uh, he was decapitated see i'm all i'm all the technical stuff and the social media stuff you're the like memory stuff and like i'm the, the researcher, researcher yeah, as well. yeah exactly you're, you're stat, stat boy. boy yeah exactly well we both just said it at the yeah. same time so this was in uh september of 2004 francis daniel Brown was killed instantly when he's decapitated while vomiting he was vomiting and decapitated that brings up a question that i have if you're vomiting and you are decapitated, is the vomit from like your decapitated body? Is it still coming out? You know what I mean? Like, depends on how, like, did he get decapitated here or like here? I well, guess they said could... headless body, so I'm guessing like. I feel like he was probably most likely not like in mid vomit. Oh, he could have been, but he was probably puking. And then, what did he get hit? Like a guy wire. Uh, a support wire from support a utility wire, yeah, pole. Yeah, which so is, it is one of those, it's one of those wires that's like diagonally built into, you know, from the pole into the ground that are really thick and really, really strong. So if you're going fast enough, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's going to clean slice. By the way, and we might randomly insert AEW stuff as we're going along because we're recording on Wednesday night and Dynamite is live right now. Just an FYI. Not that so, anything interesting ever happens, but. That's very true. Ooh. So, uh Sorry, driver Jimbo. John Kemper Hutcherson. He drove 12 miles back to his home. Where was, was this again? Oh, technical difficulties. Hang on. Uh-oh. All right. So this has been the worst technical uh, episode we've had. I don't know. Where, why don't you just repeat everything from the guy who was driving? So we, uh, I think my internet a little flickered. So I think we're back now. So uh, Hutcherson, John Kemper Hutcherson, the driver, drove 12 miles back to his home, slept in his bloody clothes while his headless friend's body was still in his car. The next day, when a neighbor found the body and alerted police, they went to Hutcherson's home. 
They did say that he appeared remorseful after they found him sleeping, still covered in blood and still drunk. I wonder if he knew. He did not. He oh, had so no they, idea. So they told, wow, that's, that they, sucks. The cops believe that his blood alcohol content was more than twice the legal limit at the time of the accident since he was still drunk the next morning. That's, so That's a special kind of. Yeah, that's, that's intense. So John Kemper Hutcherson, the driver, who was 21 at the time, he was charged with vehicular homicide, driving under the influence, failure to stop at an accident with death or injury, and failure to maintain lanes. I love how they threw that one in there. You killed somebody. Just give him, give him everything. Failure to maintain lanes. That's what he got uh, he convicted was, on. He walked free. <laughs> he, surprisingly, no. He was uh, originally held on 10000 uh, dollars bond really for vehicular homicide that's it do you ten thousand oh. wow. dollars the uh the victim's family asked for leniency from I the never, judge when I he never went to trial i never understood that they that's apparently crazy. were best friends since childhood so they grew up together they were like all family and close so the they asked for leniency fast how, forward how would about, what would you do in that situation though like they were both wasted they both made the choice to get in there like it could have been I reversed mean, it was a very preventable accident, obviously, but I, I don't know if I could be like, like if you, like if our parents were close or whatever, and like one of us killed the other one, I, I don't know. Or if my, if it was my kid, I don't know if I could be like, yeah, it was an accident, stupid mistake could have been the other way around. I don't know if I could ask for leniency or if I would just be super pissed. They were, I'd be pissed at both of them for being dumb. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't think I could ask for leniency i don't think i could forgive don't think i could forget don't think i could move on i can't move um, on from like minor stuff i don't know how the people are like yeah i forgive you for killing my child like what yeah that that takes a special kind of yeah. supportive and just kind gentle soul which we are not I my, mean, my life would be so not. much better if i could just forgive and forget and be like you know what i'm not angry i'm moving on i wouldn't be angry at twitter and all that shit and all those fucking people, maggots. I hold grudges. Yeah, I don't know, exactly. but I hold grudges. So fast forward about nine months later, uh, May 2005, John Kemper Hutcherson, he pled guilty to vehicular homicide and was sentenced to five years in prison. Wow. He has since, obviously, since this was going on 16 and a half years, he has since served his time and has been People released. have done way worse and have gotten crappier sentences, like better sentences. Yeah, like that's I I don't I don't understand. That's ridiculous. It's always the driver who's never dead. It's always the passengers or somebody or an innocent victim that was never. I mean, God forbid he drove twelve miles home. But which, by the way, so he drove twelve miles home. The the accident in which he decapitated his friend was a mile and a half from the bar. So they didn't even make it mile and a half from the bar. He had to be driving fast. So we're talking what ninety seconds from the bar, and then drove another twelve miles home. It's. And didn't know that his friend had no head. Like, was he talking to him? Like, oh, you're just not going to. I mean, that's got to suck. You wake up, you're like, oh, I just killed my best friend. Yeah. And then you're in jail and you got to. I wonder what he's doing now. I hope he's not drinking. Well, if you were wondering, please welcome in my next guest, John Michael Hutcherson. <laughs> oh, John him. Kemper. Come on. Whatever. I couldn't remember. You're I'm lucky you remembered his name was John. He's zooming in right after Ben Schwartz. Ooh. I'm still I'm, I feel like I should just keep nagging Ben like dude you won the poll vote you're you're gonna be our first guest just get on here let's do I can't it. wait till he blocks you 
uh, he's too nice of a guy to do that. I know he sees this. He's he's like one of my tweets before. He's seeing these. He just doesn't want to do it. He's a coward. He's modest. I do love Ben Schwartz, though. Well, that was a good follow-up. So I wonder, I actually do wonder what he's doing now. Because how do you like go on with the rest of your life? I don't think you really can. I mean, especially that would, that would when, haunt me. Especially when it's on Wikipedia. <laughs> like, it's not just one of those like local things where it was like, yeah, you drunk driver kills. This was an unusual death. So it's, it's, oh, immortalized I found articles on in the LA Times. Like, this was a big story back in Where was it again? It, it was, was in. So he's getting Kent Washington. Nope, and that it, was not Kent Washington. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Excuse me. Atlanta, Georgia. It was in Atlanta and the LA Times are writing about it. Wow. I mean, that's interesting. It's kind of a, it's like the headless horseman. This happened in October. It's very true. Well, I'm a dick for saying that. Well, you're getting drunk. What are you drinking? This is just a straight up glass of whiskey. Kate, uh, my wife is traveling and is in Rochester currently. Just whiskey. This is just straight up whiskey. Oh God. Yeah. Not a big, it's going to be a fun night. Not a big drinker. All right. Should we get into ghostbusters? Oh, let's do it. Let's, do it as when did you see ghostbusters you saw it the day that we recorded I saw it black... black friday you saw it the day that we recorded we recorded on thursday didn't we no we or, no we did yeah i did i saw it on black friday then yeah and i saw it two days later on on sunday and well first tell me tell me your thoughts let's let's get into it i really liked it it's one of those movies where like you know the movies where Every the audience knows one of the big like secrets or the big plot thing. Like we all knew that they were going to be in it, like Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and uh, Ernie Hudson. Ernie we, all, we all knew he was they were going to be in it, right? Like we all knew that. So it's one of those things where you're like you're waiting for the you got to get through the stuff. They got to find the house. They got to figure everything out, and then we get to it. So usually when I'm watching those movies, usually it's like on a rewatch where I'm like. Let's go. Let's get to the good part. And when it finally happens, yes, then we get everything together. But I thought this was like really well done where I wasn't like, hurry up. Let's just figure this out. Finish it. Hurry up. So when it first starts, I'm like, I didn't realize that this the girl was like the main character. Which should we just say spoiler alerts ahead? If, oh, yeah. If I, you don't want to hear about this. I, I plan these podcasts. Skip. Talking points. I plan these talking points in my head, like all week leading up to it, where I'm like, I'm going to say spoiler alert. And then I'm going to yep. say this about this person. And then as soon as we start talking about it, I forget everything. So, so yes. major spoilers coming because yeah, we are going to discuss Ghostbusters. If you Afterlife. haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, skip ahead, I don't know, 10 minutes and then figure it well, out. Well, honestly, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife yet, pause this shit, go to the fucking movies and see Ghostbusters Afterlife. So we probably won't be talking about it for more than 10 minutes, but just skip ahead if you don't want to uh, be spoiled. Yeah, so I got to start doing that because I ruined Dexter for Bobby, even though as soon as you start talking about a new show, you, you would figure. But that, yes, that's my bad. So I, I, I in my defense, I did plan my talking points about this and that was on there. And then I uh, completely drew a blank. That's so what were we talking covered. about? Uh, McKenna Grace, Little yeah, being the main character. Oh. So uh, first thing I, I'm watching the movie and I'm like, wow, she's adorable. Is she really legitimately related to Harold Ramis? She like, really looked like it. I was like, this is scary. So that's not actually what she looks like. I don't know if you have. I've never heard of her before. This. I've, I've never heard of her either. She apparently has like long blonde hair. So oh, like, wow. they did that to her with the glasses and the short curly hair. So I was like, I thought maybe it was like his actual granddaughter. 
And I, I thought she was like, re- she carried, she was the star of the movie. She was in all the scenes. I thought she was really great. And I thought Logan Kim podcast was absolutely hilarious. You need that. Those are my favorite movies when you have the little, little comic comedic elements into it with an action movie. And Paul Rudd is obviously funny. I thought the whole cast was really good. Um, I loved all the, um, the, the callbacks to the original the original yeah, Ghostbusters. Def- yeah, you would definitely too. know that more than I would. Like, I've seen the movie. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Ghostbusters, but I don't mean that. And like, it's fine. Like, I love the movie, but I, like, I, I'm not like obsessed with it. Like, so let's put it this way: Ghostbusters as a child was my favorite movie. Still is, honestly. I can anytime it's on, I start quoting it. It's actually pathetic. Um, when we, I went to the movies with with my wife, and you know, as we're sitting there. And, you know, just the, the, one of the first scenes when uh, Egon, who was, you know, killed at the beginning of the movie by, by the ghost and the thing like trapped him in the, in the chair. By the way, that if, you was a any, if you don't know anything about the, the franchise, he, the guy who played them died in 2014 from, I forget what the illness was, but he was very sick. Like he couldn't even talk. Yeah. He'd lost the ability to talk and things like that. Um, so that first scene when he was in the chair and the gozer got him, that was a callback to the original Ghostbusters when Dana was uh, possessed by gozer, same method. They also did um, a callback uh, to Zool when she got possessed and she said, yeah. there, is, there is no mom, only Zool. That one, that, that one I remembered. So that's a famous quote, no Dana, only Zool. There was so many like little Easter eggs that they left, like little cookie crumbs there. I don't know if you remember when they um, were in their house before they were evicted. And there was a scene in Phoebe, who McKenna Grace played Phoebe, in in her bedroom. There was a, a toy that was in her room. That's a callback to the original Ghostbusters, which shows the similarities between her and her now deceased grandfather. So in the original Ghostbusters, uh, one of the characters asked Egon, did you ever have a, a toy as a child? He was like, I oh, had I, saw, a, I saw this on YouTube. Yeah, I think it was Ghostbusters, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he yeah. was like, I had a slinky, but I, I straightened it. She had a straightened slinky in like her my, room because she my, did the same thing. I didn't thing. even notice it. Like my parents didn't believe in toys or something like that. Yeah, yeah I saw that clip. Um, just all the, the, little, the little callbacks and the little nods to the original movie. I mean, it was very similar to the original movie since you know they're fighting zool and and gozer and all those things i thought the the inclusion of jk simmons as evo shandor who was mentioned in the original ghostbusters was never obviously seen i was but he was actually got a big actor for that he was the main antagonist in the ghostbusters video game which i remember jk simmons well, Evo Shandor, not J.K. Simmons. Was it was it voiced by J.K. Simmons? It was not, unfortunately. I didn't realize that like Ghostbusters Two was like not good. Like if you watch it as a kid, like you, you're like you're gonna love it, but like critically, it was like not very good. No, it was. They, uh, they didn't. It was a money grab. Wasn't a great fall. I mean, it made money, but it wasn't like if you're gonna watch Ghostbusters Two, it's it's fine. Like I I I know more about that one. I feel like because I always remembered the slime. More than like the Stay Puft Marshmallow guy or whatever. Um, the, but was um, Slimer not in this movie? Slimer was not in this movie. I'm, they re- I, they replaced Slimer with that, that metal, metal launcher. That's weird to me. Why would they do that? Like Slimer was like one of the most recognizable things about it. So I'm surprised. I was expecting to see like at least a 
little reference to Slimer or something. Well, I think the reason why they didn't is Slimer was not in any containment unit and wasn't really with Gozer in the original Gozer. It just happened to be a, a character that they had created. So it was um, never caught? It was caught and then it escaped. And then at the end of the movie, it was still out there. Come on, just throw it in there. The The original director's son directed this movie, Jason yeah. Reitman. So it was like all, all the feels. And then there's the goddamn end of the movie where I'm sitting. It's my sister, brother-in-law, me, my niece, and then her friend. And I'm like sitting between them. Like my hood is up. And I'm like trying to figure out ways to not cry. So I, I, like, full on I was like eating because like, I don't know what it is, but like I was on antidepressants for a while. So I forgot that like I cry to like anything emotional, but now like anything remotely emotional, I'll start to get teary eyed and whatever. And I'll have to fight it and like start eating. But like the ending was so depressing, but so cool at the same time. Like I got goosebumps. I got chills. I told you you were going to cry. Oh man. It was, it was just so well done. Like even the, um, the kind of the, the nod that Bill Murray did when he looked over at the, the C, obviously CGI of uh, Egon, Harold Ramis, and was like, I knew you, I had a feeling you'd show up here. Ugh, I so didn't different. realize, obviously, I knew that, that Bill Murray and Harold Ramis had a, a falling out from the. Uh, we, we could do a whole like hour about like Bill Murray just not being a good guy. Yeah, they, he did not speak to Harold Ramis for almost 20 years from uh, disagreements they had on the set of Groundhog Day. Which Harold Ramis said was because he was having his own personal issues. And which is just disgusting when people like that don't talk for so long. Like Harold Ramis, like I get obsessed with people like randomly after like years after Brandon Lee died on the set of The Crow. I like it became obsessed with his entire life and all of his work. And now like I'm obsessed with Harold Ramis. That guy was a freaking genius. He, he like really was. helped write a like Animal House, Caddyshack. Uh, he directed the Groundhog's Day. He wrote and directed and acted in a like uh, amazing stuff. Like Stripes. I was yes, that's another. One. I've never and a seen lot of them. Were, a lot of them had Bill Murray in it too. Yeah, uh, Meatballs. I've never seen, but that was one of his stuff with Bill Murray. And did you see the the? I was watching a, like a Ghostbusters mini documentary. Bill Murray only agreed to do that. Well, it was written for uh, John Belushi. Yep. Bankman. And then Bill Murray only agreed to do it when the studio said they would finance like his serious role called the razor's edge. And he, he made them film that first. And then after he filmed it, he like stayed wherever they were filming it and wouldn't come out until he saw like a rough cut and then just showed up on set. And what I was reading is that like, he didn't like would not warm up to people until like the end of the shoot, but he would like still be an asshole like that. And Scrooged. I didn't yeah. realize he took a big acting break after Ghostbusters or after Razor's Edge or whatever. It was until, like two or three until years. Until Scrooged. Like yeah. Like he's like great and hilarious and a great, amazing actor, but he's a dick. Like no dip- Chevy Chase is an asshole. I love Chevy Chase to death. He's one of my favorite, probably my favorite comedic actor, but he's such an asshole. Like it's so depressing. It's like Kevin, the creative genius of them makes them just terrible people. Just like why did Bill Murray and Chevy Chase have to be such assholes? Like, Bill seems like he'd be such a nice guy, but he's not. Like, just, there was in a contract in, I think, Ghostbusters 2, where he, like, couldn't get slimed. Even in Ghostbusters 1, you notice, I just saw this, too. Everyone's covered in the marshmallow, except he's barely got any on him. Yeah. He did get slimed, though, in the original Ghostbusters, by slime. Yeah, but that's why he was, he, that was, oh, what was the other thing? I think he agreed to do this movie, or it was the second one. I think Ghostbusters 2, if they, like, made the proton pack way lighter. He had like all these demands where it was like, yeah, I won't come back unless you do this, this, and this. 
I don't know if you knew the the marshmallow stuff was actually shaving cream. I did know that. The fact that you, it's funny that you mentioned the you know being the proton packs being lighter, like in the both Ghostbusters, they made such a big deal about how heavy it was. Like, yeah. uh, freaking Phoebe, who's like thirteen years old, just throwing that shit just out. Put that, totally uh, yeah, fine. totally fine. And then um, what was it? The guy who got who was the bad? I think it was the, whatever the bad guy was, like the just a normal bad guy who got all the marshmallow dropped on him. They originally were going to do like 17 pounds or some shit on him. And they tried to do it with a stunt. Walter man. Peck. He played Walter Peck. That's the guy. The He's the same guy who was in Die Hard, right? The news reporter. Yes. Yes. That was Die Hard. Regular Die Hard. First one, yep. right? Yeah. So the they were going to originally dump like way too much on him. And they did it with a stunt man. And he got the shit knocked out of him. So they were like, yeah, we'll go lighter on that. So, so yeah. So do you want to describe the ending? Like it was so like, I, I it's so emotional. Even Which I have only seen Ghostbusters a few times. Did you know that the um obviously you you saw the original Ghostbusters, but the the Goza the Gozarian, the the person who played Goza the Gozarian looked exactly like the actress who played Gozer in the original Ghostbusters. Do you know who played Gozer in this one? Olivia Wilde. Yeah. I Which is like, kind of awesome. Sigourney Weaver's in the movie, and I'm like, she's not in the actual movie. Yeah, like, she was in the the post one of the. So post for a scenes. second, I was like, "Is that her?" And I was like, "No, that's I'm like that's fucking Olivia Wilde. What the hell?" And I was like, "Yeah, Sigourney Weaver is not in this movie until the mid credit scene, which is very odd for like thirty five seconds, which apparently implies that they're still together." Yeah, they're they're um together, but also that was a callback to the beginning of the original Ghostbusters with the the squiggly lines and the the zapping. The girl, but, um, the girl in that scene was uh, a, a star on Charles and Charge season one. Fun fact. I did not know that. Yes, Jennifer Runyon. I did not know obscure that. Obscure fact of the day. So the 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 ending of of the movie was uh, they were trying to trap Gozer at the the farmhouse, uh, the haunted house, the the dirt farm, the dirt farmer. Yeah, and they were obviously failing at that, and. All hope looked lost, and then obviously they walked the original Ghostbusters cornfield. How do you think they figured it out where they were? Caller ID? Like he picked up a rotary phone. Like yeah, I, how how could he have traced that call? Does he have like a proton pack for like <laughs> fucking like how did how did he figure that out? Google Maps. Maybe they knew where where Somerville was. Did she and they mention? Just followed the. Did she, she mention she, when she called him? He did. He said that he like took all the proton packs and went to some town in Oklahoma. So he, I think Ray knew where Egon was. Also, um, how was he, how were they able to find Venkman and Zedmore and all get together? They just happened to be in the same place. Like, I, I, mean, I can, I can like, I can overlook that, but it's funny to nitpick stuff like that. Like they just happened to get there at that exact time and walk through a cornfield, like not on a normal road. With no car, like where, yeah. how did they get there? What what happened? I know I work into this more, but like Winston obviously was loaded, so maybe he flew him on like a private jet or something. Yeah, I love but, how how he gets loaded. Like I appreciate that he wasn't utilized appropriately in either of Ghostbusters one or two. I feel well, like the original didn't. script, you know, had like a ton of lines for him, and they had to because it was supposed that. to be Freddie Murphy. There's so many like things that they changed about the movie. It was supposed to be like traveling through space and stuff, and they're like, yeah, we don't have the budget for this, dude. So. That's why Harold Ramis didn't write the original script. He like rewrote it with Dan Aykroyd. I think they got high. It was one movie script that he and Dan Aykroyd like started smoking a ton of weed and 
rewriting or whatever, but they rewrote Ghostbusters to sort of make that movie. That kind of makes sense. Because like, imagine what it would be like, like traveling interdimensionally, and like that's would have been one of the worst. Movies weird, yeah. So at the end, when they when when they showed up and they started talking to to Gozer, and like, oh, Peter was like, I think she remembers us, or uh, Winston said that, and then he's starting to have a little monologue, like you know, yeah. it could have worked out. I literally was like leaning over to Kate and was like, if Gozer asks if you're a god, Ray better say yes. Like I'm freaking out, expecting that moment, and then literally when. Olivia Wilde's character was like, are you a god? And then Ray paused and like Venkman and, and Zedmore were like, really, come on, I fucking died laughing. It was amazing to me. I'm assuming that's a line from the first one. Yeah, I, the, should, I should have watched both of them before I went to the movies. In the in the first Ghostbusters, Gozer, when Ray goes up to Gozer, he's like, Gozer the Gozerian, he starts explaining to himself. She just looks at him, goes, are you a god? And Ray kind of was like, no she goes then die and then like zaps them all and they almost fall off so then winston after they like got zapped or like you know the next, said yes. you know, the next time somebody asks you if you're a god you say yes that's why it was a callback and when he paused they're like really like just really did, right. he goes, said did he say yes he finally did say yes yeah it was just oh god like all those little nods and callbacks just amazing so, and the the little stay puff marshmallow men like murdering themselves was freaking hilarious <laughs> Like it was very creative. And... They were like, uh, my favorite one was the s'more. One of the little guys puts the blanket of chocolate over him, and they start melting it, and they fry each other on the grill. The thing I'm wondering though, in a Walmart, why is the why does the grill have gas that you can actually light it, and why is the blender plugged in that you can use it? That we, doesn't seem like we're, safety. We, we can nitpick this movie to death and send it to Jason Reitman and let him know. It doesn't make any sense that that grill would turn on, man. Like it no just, sense. It just didn't. It just didn't. So then, but Finn, then obviously Finn's proton thingy didn't work. Yeah. So podcast is in there trying to. By the way, that kid's like eleven. They filmed this movie two years ago. That kid was like. I didn't realize that he was eleven. She was like thirteen. So Finn was probably sixteen. So the ages are close enough. And then I, uh, I forget the other girl's name. I'm sorry. She played lucky in the movie. Yeah, I forget. I forget what her name was. But um, so the ending, he's doing that. And then what else is going on? You probably remember it better than I do. Like she's, they're all, like they, she uncrosses the streams. Yeah, which was a huge thing because you cross the streams to kill her. Um, And they're really having trouble to actually contain her. And then I might cry now. Egon's CGI spirit starts helping his granddaughter. Like he puts his hand on her, puts his hand on her and helps her. And like a really good CGI. Like, yeah, like it actually looked like an old Egon. It was amazing. Um, And then when she gets kind of settled, it kind of pans back and you see his ghost standing next to the original Ghostbusters and just, oh my God, it just, long story short, they defeat Gozer. She go bye-bye. And I liked the the end when they're like, oh, you know, as my cat just jumps on the desk and almost falls off. You heard that sound, right? I was, was like, her, did you drop the mic? That was her almost falling off the, uh, the desk. When at the end, when they're all like recovering, you know, they, bust uh, Paul Rudd's character and uh, Lucky out of the the, the dogs that they kind of became when they were dogs. Um, Are you the and, key master? And <laughs> Vince Clortho and the key master or the gatekeeper. And Vankman was like, yeah, we're going to go in the house, have some cocoa. Some of us are going to have some rum. Yep. And then I, I I don't know. Most of the ghosts you're, you can't touch, but it was kind of nice that uh, Egon was 
he like hugged all of them. I, I, I can't remember if he hugged Finn also. Like Finn was kind of just an afterthought in this movie. Yeah, he really was, which I don't mind. As she was much. definitely the focus, but it was kind of like, you're my granddaughter. I love you. Hey, grandson, whatever. And then go to his daughter. Oh, God, when, they, he, when, they, when they hugged. Yeah. There was no mention of like who his, her mother is or any. They didn't get into that. I know they asked. I think they asked her. Her name's Carrie Coon, which is a great name. Which I, I will say the when the one scene earlier in the movie where like they were in his little lab where they had to go down the pole and you see all the pictures that he had like keeping track of his daughter's life. Yeah. One of them said 1987. And I'm just calling bullshit on that because the original Ghostbusters was in 1984. Yeah. The second Ghostbusters was in 1989. There was no mention that Egon had a fucking family in 1989. Yeah, whatsoever. You can get away with that. But like, I mean. Yeah, I guess so. But like nobody had a family except for Vankman, right? And that's not even, even really a family. family. It wasn't yeah. even his family. Whatever happened to Oscar? Yeah, where the fuck's Oscar? I have no idea. But um, what the hell was I going to say? Now I lost my train of thought, goddammit. You're talking about Carrie Coon. Oh, yeah. She was, you know, the, the shop owner who's like at the end when everything's shaking, he's just sort of sitting there and like, yeah. they're married. And he's like 20 years older than she is. Oh, she can do better. Yeah, I'd never heard of her either. Most of these people, I only knew Finn Wolfhard and Paul Rudd. Well, Finn Wolfhard was in what? Stranger Things, right? He's in Stranger Things. Huge Jake and Amir fan, by the way. Finn Wolfhard. Oh, really? Yeah, he was on on their uh, their Patreon. So and I had I thought with Paul more. Rudd being in the movie, I thought he was going to be like a main focus. I he thought he was more of a, yeah. Well, he was good. Mr. What was his name? Uh, Gary oh, Gooberson. I almost said Gunder. Who's, who's the guy from The Simpsons? Gunderson? Gil Gunderson? Yes. Oh God. Yeah. So I thought the I thought it was a good movie. It was a took a while to get to where like the very end is like the the peak, the climax. Yeah. Like the the like it, reveal. It but it went, was it was a pretty good like they didn't do anything overly ridiculous, but it wasn't anything that was like super boring. I thought no, pod, it, podcast was a really good like random character to throw in there because he was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I just thought like it was very well done and, and then, you know it was a two hour long movie but it went by fast it didn't feel yeah. like it was two hours and then he has one listener and it happens to be fucking ray stands <laughs> one subscriber maybe maybe our podcast will really get its its voice in the 64th episode 46 come on now you 46, just went to 46 46 it really hey, I was off. close like maybe <laughs> by the time we hit 46 episodes we'll we'll really find our voice and I, you know, obviously we're going to move on from this, but um, I don't want to. I, I wish Harold Ramis was still here. I we, wish we're, he was we're too. Gonna, we're going to go like over Harold Ramis next week. I feel like we should do that. I think we should go over all of his movies because we Groundhog can discuss, Day might be one of my favorite movies ever. We can discuss the fallout between Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and the. Uh, yeah, you research that and go like because I know like they finally made amends. Like he got a police escort. Oh like my God! The way they donuts. made amends, though, heartbreaking. Just and still like, heartbreaking. He couldn't talk, so Bill did yeah. all the talking. I'm like, why are you fucking waiting till he's like dying to do this, Bill? God damn it, you dick! And that was kind of the nod in the movie where Egon didn't say anything. Fankman did the talking, but like, I had a feeling you'd show up. Like, it was kind of a, a callback to to the real life. I thought they might like use his. I f- I'm glad they didn't. By the way, MJF has like a really weird Hanukkah jacket on. He's dressed but, like uh, Seth Rollins. He's getting. He's trying to be drip. But I thought they might use his voice because you could easily do that now. But I yeah. feel like they did it perfectly. He didn't need to talk. Yeah, it was it was just so well done. And then the the end credit scene, which definitely leads you to believe that the, the the window of opportunity is open for a potential sequel. I would say don't do it. They're going to do it, especially because this movie made money. But it, it's like 
the whole point of the only reason I was like, yes, I definitely want to go to this movie is because the original were going to be in it. So either you have a, a, a sequel where they're in it a lot and they're like training those four kids. Like, or a new group of Ghostbusters along, along with. Well, if you're telling me that McKenna Grace, Finn Wolfhard, and the other two aren't going to be in it, then I have really no interest. Like, because now I'm attached to their characters. Yeah. But I feel like most people are going to be like, if they're not going to have a starring role with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson, wow, I don't need to go see a sequel. Like, that was the whole appeal of this, at least to me. And I'm sure to most Ghostbusters fans. Oh, completely. I think they're going to find a way to. to if you do can it. get Bill Murray to be in it. Well, if he's not dead yet. Guy's a jackass. Um, the, but like, I don't know if I, I would want it. Like, I thought that was a really good ending to what else are you going to do? You're just going to have them actually fight ghosts now? Like, could. I, don't, I, mean, I don't need to. I don't need to see that. Vigo the Carpathian could come back. Why the hell I not? I Ghostbusters under Ghostbusters 2 is underrated. The, the one a, thing that movie. I will call bullshit on is if you remember when when they got arrested and she called Ray and he answered the phone at Ray's a call. He said that the firehouse was a Starbucks now. Has he just not been to that side of Manhattan? Because Winston was paying the rent still the fucking firehouse. That was a firehouse. Well, he doesn't, does he still live in New York? It raised a cult was in New York. He, he must have. That was the bookshop from Ghostbusters 2. Didn't they say something in the end credits, the scene where he was like, yeah, I was, did he say something about how he tricked well, he's, Ray to thinking it was a Starbucks or what the fuck he was talking about? No, I mean, he said that he was still paying the rent for, for Ray's bookshop. And, Maybe you know, one day is going to turn a profit. But like the firehouse was still there. And then just like the end where the containment unit just flipped on and it like was blinking red, like saying that there's an issue. Maybe that means when, they that Slimer's going to be back. Maybe who knows? Maybe when they like he was originally got kicked out of there or something, they were like, we're going to turn it into a Starbucks. And then he left and Winston's like, no, 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 not on my watch. I'm a rich guy now. I, how, how did he get rich again? He just said he, he started with he was self-made, started with like just himself, one employee and built a global global empire. Interesting. I, I don't think I don't need to, although I wouldn't mind seeing that cast again, but it's like it doesn't have the same appeal unless you're going to have like Ray and the, the three of them. I bet you it's, I, I could see Bill Murray not even being in it, but as long as like Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson are in it. I'd probably go see it again. I could see some way that they do it without Bill Murray. Be like, oh, he is in London teaching, or you know, some some visit an Oscar or whatever it might be. Fucking Oscar. Who names their kid Oscar? He was born in the second one, so he's he's over thirty now. Thirty-two. God, so ridiculous. Nineteen eighty-four. We weren't even alive for Ghostbusters one. Ridiculous. So I, I I think the audience score was much higher than the critical score. Don't ever listen to a movie critic. Like. If you like Ghostbusters, you're gonna fucking love this movie. And even if you don't, if you don't know anything about Ghostbusters, I think it's still it's still cool. But I would like I wouldn't I would watch the first two and then go watch this. It's much less emotional if you don't know anything about Ghostbusters. You just see some ghosts like, oh, this is her grandfather. Cool, whatever. You don't know who Egon is. You don't know the, the best scene in the movie is Do Ray Egon, and then he gives that look. Oh, it's so good. And that's the thing. Like all the, the mannerisms and like the deadpan humor that Harold Ramis had in Ghostbusters. Oh, he's so good. McKenna Grace nailed perfectly. Perfectly. I like they, they casted it perfectly. And they whoever the stylist is is amazing. She's adorable and she looked exactly like him, and that was perfect. Like you felt connected to the character. So it was really oh, smart. 
and I had never heard of her before. I'd never heard of most of these people. So I was like, whatever. And she was, I didn't realize she was the star of the movie. Like I said, and yeah, she, I was expecting was to be Paul main. Rush. I was pleasantly surprised. And her like classic, like the mom is, I don't know if she's stupid, but she's sort of like, yeah, I don't really care about anything. I love my kids, but it's like, my life sucks. I have no money. I think she was naive and in denial because she had, you know, trauma of her dad abandoning her. And then no, come to realize he didn't fucking abandon you. Like he was you're, still attached you're, to you. Your dad's Egon. Your dad's Egon. You're not that smart. Your son is like, he's not dumb, but he's not like, it's not smart. And then she's a genius. Yep. So what is it like skip two generations? Like, I don't yeah, it's, it's something, but I just love what, why wouldn't you tell me my grandfather was a ghostbuster? They're trying to hide that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then I like how he he's dead, but he's like, I guess there are, there are human ghosts in ghostbusters. I don't think they have any of those in the first two movies. It's all monsters. There is the the very first ghost in the library started out as like a human apparition, but then became a, a monster. So it's it's weird. Like he he could he could sh- why didn't he show? I guess he was saving himself for the big finale, but he could have showed himself in the the laboratory or whatever that room was. But he decided to be a light instead. Maybe he couldn't show himself because there wasn't enough. Um, you know, energy in the in the air to manifest, whatever it might be. It's now you're a ghost expert. You know how they they are able to become human form again. I want to watch that scene again, like just him showing up and seeing Harold Ramis with the original four, knowing he's been dead now for what, seven years. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah, that's almost eight. It's depressing. Such a good movie. Uh, I feel like that's it's that's we're gonna have to end there because I'm I'm emotionally drained now. Yeah, we, we said we were gonna only talk about it for ten minutes. So if you're just turning back in, you hope you fast forward a lot further. Than that's a, that's another reason why I don't need a sequel. Like it was like, such a great ending. Like it book it it like it's an end to the story of Egon. Like he's gone now. He can finally rest in peace or whatever. He was right. Although it was, it was kind of weird that like I don't like the plot where you're like I left my whole friends and family to save the world and I didn't tell anybody anything like. Come on, well, man. He, he tried to. They didn't believe him. Because don't you remember Ray being like, I wish I believed you or I should have believed you. Why don't you just be like, dude, come here. Let me show you. Like, do something. Like, yeah, I know let me show of- you the gigantic mine that's like a freaking yeah. mausoleum. And like he built. We're never going to stop talking about this. Like he, no, there not. was a hole where like ghosts could come out of and he built the thing with the gun. And was that, shooting the, the proton. Yeah. But like, why was it open? how was it open why was it still open like what the hell but like it was genius and he built it and then dick paul rudd ruined it because he was was he the gatekeeper or the key master he was the key master was it was uh i almost said harold ramis um rick moranis the key master yes he was vince clortho the key master i am the key master and if you remember most of his lines by the way in the first one were all him because he's like he knows about taxes and shit so like he oh, just hilarious. he just said all that stuff like that's what he knows it was not it was not written for him the um scene where the mom gets possessed and becomes you know the gatekeeper there was no mom that gold dress that she ended up wearing wasn't, wasn't that the, the one she was wearing Sigourney yeah, from the original wearing? from the original like I wonder if she didn't want to be in the movie or if she didn't make sense being in the actual movie. I don't think there was a way to really have her in there. I think having her in that post credit scene was a, a nice could, nod to the, the you could story have her, that. You could have her been like Arnold in the rundown. He walks by the rock and she just tells 
uh, I don't remember what Carrie Coon's character name was. I can't remember her name either. Can you look it up? It's going to piss me off. But she just walks by her and says, good luck. And that was it. You could do that. But yeah, I was expecting her to be in the movie at the end, I guess, maybe with them. But that, that wouldn't have made any sense. So I thought it was really good. So I like, liked um, Annie Potts, who played Janine, being in the beginning of the movie. She was at the yeah. end. Like, she kind of tied the whole whole story together. You, do you know that coin was a deleted scene? Yeah. They showed that, right? Yeah. So that's how that's how that happened. I wish uh, I had Callie. Stayed. She played Callie Spangler. I wish I had stayed because they didn't turn the lights on until after the f- mid credits because you never leave the movie theater until the lights are turned on. Everyone knows that. Kate and I were the only ones that stayed in the theater for either the mid credit or the end credit. You would I have, was like, why are have, they leaving? I was so have, angry. Would you have stayed if I didn't tell you? Yeah, I always stay just because I, I expect that I expect an not, end credit scene at every movie. That's usually a superhero thing, though, isn't it? Usually, but really. it, you know, these, this day and age, why? Why They also didn't turn the lights on. If they don't turn the lights on, you know something's going to happen. But they turned it on, so we were like, all right, that was it. Because I don't go to a lot of Marvel movies, so I forgot there's mid and then end credits. And it's not like it was earth-shattering, like I missed an amazing scene. I saw it on YouTube, so it was fine. But uh, all the, I think it was, check the Rotten Tomatoes score. Because I feel like the grade would be like a 60 or something based on the critics. But like the 63. audience pathetic what's the audience score like a, an 80 something oh god adam cole and the young bucks audiences uh gave the film uh, an a minus yeah so don't listen to critics they're gonna be like oh, they didn't do this they did that like also if you're paul rudd and you either lived in new york or at least were alive to see new york and why would you open the trap you know what's in there like are you yeah like I know you're an idiot in the in the movie, but like, can't be that dumb. Like, let's open it. Like, wasn't it shaking and like shit coming out of it? Like, you yeah, should like, know it's not going like, to be good. That, that's not a good thing. And the Ecto one with the the freaking like gunner seat, that shit was awesome. And then the little fucking robot, yeah, oh, it was it was very good. So, do you know uh, who voiced the uh, the ghost muncher? Wasn't that Matt Jackson? Oh, you wish. Must have been Nick. Oh, they're killing Orange Cassidy right now. Uh, Josh Gad voiced uh, Muncher. Really? I know the name. I don't know what he's from, but I know Josh. I know he's like a fat kind of guy, right? Yeah, uh, he was in uh, the movie Pixels with Adam Sandler. He yeah, was. He's Olaf that. from Fro- from the Frozen movies. Yeah, I can't say I've seen that either. He's very famous. He's also a very good singer. Josh Gad? Yeah. Hmm, interesting. All right, I think that's... So what would you give it on a scale of... Either A to F or 1 to 10. I am completely biased. I thought that was one of the best movies I've ever seen just because of my childhood nostalgia of the Ghostbusters. So I would give that an A plus, 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 plus. As an actual movie, though. I'll give it like a B plus, A minus. I'd say B, B plus. Because I don't know. I I really like it. It sounds gross because McKenna Grace is like fucking 12. But like having, she was having, really, really good. Having, you know, been obsessed with the original Ghostbusters and seeing every, you know, Every time it's on TV, I watch it. So I've probably seen it 10,000 times at this point. It was basically doing Ghostbusters 1 again, but in Oklahoma with more pomp and circumstance. I was kind of pissed they didn't bring back the line, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. I was hoping for like... like in that the, was the Ghostbusters 2 line. You don't know uh, anything about Total Recall. Because they did, they had a famous line, Arnold says, and they had a perfect opportunity to say in the, the remake, and they didn't do it. That was a Ghostbusters 2 line? Yep, when they uh, 
No, that was I'm sorry, that was Ghostbusters one. Right, when I was going to say, the, I'll kill you. That in was the like one of their first. Not in the mall. In the in the, the hotel like, lobby. Hotel, yeah. the hotel lobby. I was like, God damn it! I just watched this. Yeah, that's we. I think he, I feel like he ad libbed that, and th- there's a whole like in, so in many the, layers. The line I'm thinking of is from Ghostbusters two when they were in the courthouse saying, "We're the best. We're the beautiful." We're the original, we're the only Ghostbusters, and then Ray screams, we're back. That's what I was thinking. I could see how you could get those confused because they're very similar quotes. Yeah, but there it's like the two like big proclamations for them. Like, have you seen the Ghostbusters documentary, like movies that made us on Netflix? Like they were like, do you know how lucky they are to be Ghostbusters and not ghost breakers or ghost blasters or whatever? Oh my god, yeah. It took the guy who was the head of I I think they're Columbia, maybe whatever their movie studio was, the guy who was the head was pushing for Ghostbusters, wanted it. Then he gets fired and he goes to the other studio that owns the rights to Ghostbusters, which they've spent like a year trying to get all the time. They filmed, there's a outtakes where they're, they're doing the ad outside this, the fire station. Like, have you ever seen ghost schools or got, or whatever that shit is? And they say ghost breakers, ghost blasters. And they're doing, they have, there's a scene where they're all chanting ghost breakers. Like, cause they had, they didn't have the rights to it. So if that guy doesn't get fired to, and goes to that other movie studio and be like, yeah, you guys can have it. They would have failed. It's ghost breakers. And, and then there's the whole layer of Ray Parker Jr. not being able to figure out a fucking song. And then he, he rips off um, Huey Lewis, gets sued and loses. I didn't I never really heard us like it's kind of similar, but I never listened to Ghostbusters thinking that's Huey Lewis. I want a new drug. But he won the lawsuit and he even admitted he's like, yeah, I got what I got inspiration for. And there's like so many like things to Ghostbusters, like how it got made. And yeah, we could we could spend an entire maybe there'll be an entire episode just dedicated to Ghostbusters for you. That would be that would be amazing to me. That would you be amazing. Do, you can do the research. We we'll do a, a fucking like eight hour live podcast watching Ghostbusters. Live retelling, a dramatic retelling of Ghostbusters. All right, Bankman's walking out. He we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Yeah. All right. All right, so yeah, I'll give it a call. I'll give it. uh, I'll give it a B plus. I really enjoyed it. Like I don't. There are like D movies that I can enjoy. Like I, I I rated on if I enjoyed it, if it was worth going, and it was definitely worth going. To me, it was worth the price of admission. I would see it again. It was it was a good family movie to me. I might go. I would see it again, like by myself, so I could actually cry and not have to hold it in. I'll see it again with you with a whole hand, Siri. All right. Too bad you don't live close. You, that's true. Oh, God, Sean Spears, I hate you. All right, so that's Ghostbusters. What's next? I don't know if I can recover from that. Well, oh, rest, gonna, in, rest in peace, Harold Ramis. Rest in peace. We're, we're dedicating we're gonna, this episode to you. We're going to get into uh, something sports-related that uh, is very uh, intriguing. So are, are we going like sports, sports, sports topic? Because I feel like some of our listeners, like my sister was like, I, I, I listened, but I, I skipped all the sports parts. So maybe we'll give you the sports parts in a row. So if you don't enjoy sports, you can skip the next. There's a little uh, bit of sports. And then we, we get into the, uh, the 1904 Olympic marathon research that I did. So still sports, still sports, but it's an interesting story. Yeah. And I don't know how these people aren't in jail. So, and we're also going to be on Griff's podcast tomorrow. So we don't really need to do any football. It's very true. I'm sure there's a lot of crossover listeners between us and him. If not, go check out uh, YWC Football Talk. There you go, Griff. Nice plug. All right. What, what's the news? Jack Hughes extension. Tell me about it. Why should I care? <sighs> well, you're, who the one who told, you're the one who told me about it. You're like, I think Jack Hughes is about to sign. And I told you that if they can get him for like $8 million or less, that that would be a, a really good 
deal. And it turns out eight for 64, which turns out to eight for uh, eight million a year. And the people were tweeting out, there's like a certain salary breakdown, but in the NHL, it doesn't matter. You can get $10 million one year and a million dollars another year, whatever the average salary of your contract is. So if you get 10 for a hundred cap hit of 10, so he got the max deal he could possibly get. He's an unrestricted free or a restricted free agent after this year. So they locked him up. They paid Nico seven two five per year. So I was expecting it to be, it had to be more than that. And it was, it turned out to be eight, but I think it's a steal because and how old is he? He's our best player. He's 20. He was our so best player. Locked up he got until hurt. he's 28 and he'll still be in his prime, even if he doesn't resign or if he does resign. So it's always the unrestricted free agents that we lose. There's like a million of them. They always leave. So I'm hoping by the time, like he just signed. So he's got eight years after this. I'll give Luke Hughes. We'll go. We'll go three years. So three years into his deal. He's got five years left. Luke Hughes starts his contract. So he's got three entry level and he'll get a, an extension is assuming he doesn't suck three years in for eight years. So Jack's got what two years left when Luke just signs for another eight. So maybe he's like, I want to keep playing with my brother more than just whatever the, however many years I just said they were together already. And then he'll resign because we never keep our free agents. Parisi left Gomez left. They all fucking leave. And then maybe by the time that happens, Quinn Hughes can come and all fucking three of them can play together. But he's locked up. I believe he's signed uh, like a, an eight-year deal, also. So he's not—he's not, he's not going to be a, uh, an unrestricted free agent for a while. So that's like ten years down the line or something. But it's a really good deal. We have to start spending money. We have the cap space every fucking year. Started with Dougie, who's making nine. So now we got Jack making eight. Nico's making seven two five. They'll have to lock up Blackwood, who, despite being a vaccine idiot, got the vaccine. So we can move on. I can root for you. You got it. Whatever. So you lock him up. They got a pretty good young core. Dawson Mercer uh, has been fucking awesome. They got some young guys. The the Utica Devils won like 12 in a row to start the season. Like they're amazing. What's the big need for the Devils? Like what, what What's the next piece that they need? Everything. Like they, they just need to, <laughs> they, still, they need to score. And then Jack Hughes being back is good. And the, they just need to start adding like big free agents. So Dougie coming here was like, listen, you can be a big time free agent. You can actually come here and be good. And the devils nailed their top two picks. Like, let me look at the draft. If you could go back. Uh, what fucking draft was it? So when they took Nico, it was Nico and Nolan Patrick, right? It's like, who's going to go first? 2017. Yeah, there you go. So it was, between those two, well, Nolan Patrick sucks, so they got the the right pick there. But who else was in that draft? There's really nobody else besides Kale McCarr, the defenseman, which we actually need defenseman. That's one of our weaknesses. If you could redraft, you'd probably take him first. But other than that, there's there might be a second round pick who's better. No, yeah, Nico's probably the one of the better players in that draft. So they got it right by not taking Patrick, but I would have taken. Makar over him probably even though he's our captain but and then the next year of course we we missed out on you know Austin Matthews and McDavid when we were shitty then two years later it was fucking Hughes and Kako and I mean it was pretty obvious we were taking Hughes but we definitely got that right and those guys haven't played enough to know who the best player is but I feel like 
Jack's going to end up being the best player in that draft. At least that's what I'm hopeful for. Usually when you're hopeful, though, it doesn't pan out the way you want it to. But he got, he's getting better. Like, we sucked his rookie year. And then the fucking lockout, or not the lockout, the COVID. So I, I think he's going to be really good. And as long as Capo Caco also sucks, like, fuck that guy. And then, of course, the Rangers get that bullshit. I don't know if you watched the lottery. They fucking they had their ping pong ball and they accidentally dropped it. So people were screaming, "This is bullshit." But yeah, it's a it was it's a good deal. You had to lock them up, and they didn't have to. I don't think it's an overpay at all. So I'm super happy. And then of course they get slaughtered by the sharks that night. He returns, signs a contract, and then they get fucking killed. So that was great. Well, you had all the good feels, all the emotions high. They were distracted from the game. We couldn't just get it all together. They also have you seen their black jerseys? No. How have you not seen this? It's all over social media. Go look it up right now and let me get your live reaction. They had, they've been talking about this for years and they could not have failed harder. I've never seen anything hockey related as universally panned as this shit. It is bad. Why is it? Ha- why? Why? What's like the stripes on the sleeves? Well, look what it says. Jer- Did I say Jersey? Like it doesn't even say New Jersey. So it just says like, Jersey. There's like a joke where they have a hat that just says like hat. Is it like Jersey boys? Like, why is it like cursive? Like, like, that? like people from New Jersey are like, yeah, where are you from? Nobody ever says Jersey. They say New Jersey. And it's like, it's just not a good design. I saw fan designs that were much better than that. I'm just, it, I'm not a fan. I it's, feel like. Like, why, they, why are the sleeves like have stripes like they're a it's, referee? It's ugly. It's just not. People, well, fans have been wanting a third Jersey, a black Jersey. And there's like no red in it, right? Like, no, I mean, there's red outline in the word it's, jersey. It's, it's just, it's, it's yeah. I don't it's know. Hideous. Somebody got paid to to do that when, like, a fan could have done that for. Were they blind or colorblind? I don't know. And then they, I guess they're not. We could have, if we could have given, like, enough pressure to get them to change it. But I feel like they were in with Adidas on it. And, like, they have too much money and too much time Awful. spent in it. And they can't change it. But it's not good. I, I'm pretty awful. sure when they revealed it, they were booing. So. <laughs> It's it's not good. It's just it's very ugly. If you're listening, just Google New Jersey Devils third jersey or black jersey, and even if you don't know anything about hockey, it's it's not it's not an attractive jersey. I, I will not be. Hopefully, you didn't buy me one. No, I can guarantee you, I did not buy you that. I didn't even know that existed until about. If you do buy me ago. one, I'll know that you don't like me because it's ugly, and I, <laughs> it'll be a complete waste of money. I can't wait to see my gift. I have to wait an entire. I, I've been spot. I have a whole story of fucking what i've been buying recently but we'll do that after sports well, that could be next week's podcast when you open the thing i give you yes that'll be the um, everyone will tune in just to see what you got me i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna no sell it like it's garbage that would be something that you do and it is this all right and that happened i wonder if that really was john mayer that's something i will never be able to know i, I just i don't know if I, if I ever met him i'd ask him if that was what was he doing in japan why <laughs> why was he at home dubbing over it? Like, I don't, uh, I, I have no, I just, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, go on YouTube and type in what, like John Mayer, John Mayer, baseball, game, John, Mayer John Mayer, Red Sox. Red Sox. It's got to be one of the first things. It's supposedly him. He was, you have to do research for next week. So write that down. Like, maybe he was in Japan for a tour. Or something and he supposedly was in the booth but like literally knew nothing about baseball so somebody would throw the ball and he'd be like and that happened like couldn't even know a strike a ball and like 
in Japan, they have lights that light up for strike. One yellow ball. light and one blue light, blue light for Dustin. Yeah, one yellow light for Dustin. Like he was, it, it seems so fake, but it sounds just like him. By the way, I went to the same high school as John Mayer. No, I think he was what high school is that? Fairfield High in now Fairfield Ward in, in Connecticut. But he was, I think, 10 years before I graduated. So I think he graduated in 94. James Blake was 95. And then I was 2004. The three most famous people. Also, Linda Kozlowski went to that high school from uh, Crocodile Dundee. Really? And uh, Ricky Ullman from um, Phil of the Future. He was in my class. Fun fact. I think this is true. I know it happened. It's just, it's been so long. He tried to cheat to win. I think it was either re-election. I think it was re-election to be class president. He was like having his friends vote multiple times and he still lost. <laughs> uh, voter fraud in high school. Do you, do you, do you ever watch Phil the future? You don't watch like anything. You don't know what SpongeBob is. So it was a, like a um, Disney channel show. And I think he was in a Brady, one of the Brady bullshit. I finally things. learned what SpongeBob was. I still never seen an episode. That's insane. Like it was came out, it started in 99. So we were still, it was more like Alex's time, but like I'll watch, I'll watch SpongeBob now if it's on. It's fucking awesome. Like, I don't know how you've never seen an episode. I, I think it all started when I was like, something was like Patrick, and I said that to you, and you didn't know what that was. You said something like Patrick Star, and like the fuck's that? I, I can't remember who. It wasn't that the guy from Coach does his voice. It was somebody looked or sounded like Patrick, and you didn't know who Patrick was. I was like, Patrick Star? No. Like, SpongeBob, are you fucking with me? Like, come on. Like, one of the most famous cartoons ever. Nothing. So I hate you. I'm a terrible person. All right. What's next? (sighs) Major League Baseball free agency, or the, the lack thereof for the Yankees, that is. I don't think they did anything. I don't think. No, they haven't. Like minor, like less than a million dollar contracts to like Litke or whatever. And well, like, I think the, the only official free agent that the Yankees have signed is Jolie Rodriguez for like $2 million. I, I don't know. That's well, Sweeney like, Murdy's tweet where maybe we're waiting for the new CBA. I, that's the only logical thing that I can think of. I mean, I think it's probably partially that. But then when you, when you look at the money that some of these free agents are getting, I can understand why maybe the Yankees don't want to commit money to you know I don't that understand much money. Corey Seager getting 325 million. Yeah, 10 I'm, years 325 million. I mean even like Starlin Marte, four years 78 million. But I Max was Scherzer, 303 for 130 million. That one I'm 40. fine with. Like that I'm fine with because it's only three years and I think he's still going to be good for at least the next two. But like I don't I was convinced Corey Seager would not get 300 million dollars. They've only given like five or six $300 million contracts in the entire league history. It's just, he's not worth that much money. Like, I guess if you're in a team like the Rangers and you're desperate to just, you got to throw it. Like when um, Seattle signed Cano, it's like yep. everyone knew that was a horrendous deal, but they had to do it. And it turned out horribly for them. Well, like if you think about the, the teams that have been committing all of this money, you know, the Mets signed Starlin Marte, Mark Cana, Edward, Eduardo Escobar, Max Scherzer. The Mets are trying to be, relevant they have their big owner they want to spend money they've been bad for a few years they want to compete they want to they want to do well you know marcus Semyon, john gray and Corey seager all getting signed by the rangers nice to know that the rangers have all that money joey gallo is probably ready to fucking all these teams have them the yankees are very rare they're not a 
billionaire owned team. They, they're, it's not some hedge fund jackass who has $14 billion to do whatever he wants. The Yankees money all comes from the Yankees, which makes George like, I hated George. I thought he was ridiculous and like way overbearing and way over. Um, I don't know what word I'm looking for. He was just an asshole and was like way too unrealistic, but that fucking guy did not give a shit about spending money. All he wanted to do was win. And now yeah. we're just like, we need to make money. Well, I mean, I can't fault Hal Steinbrenner for running the Yankees like they're a, a business because they are. They're they're a business. He's trying to turn a profit, and people always correlate that, you know, the Yankees' payroll to their revenue is so disconnected that it's only like thirty percent of the revenue is actually going back into the team. When like when George ran the team, it was like sixty-five or seventy percent. Like if they go, let's say they have a two hundred fifty million dollar payroll and they're over the luxury tax, they're still going to turn a huge profit, right? Especially oh, if course. it's if it's not COVID and everyone's back and you get a full season and all that shit, fine. But like, well, just, I think the, the last time that they had like a you know a full season, well, I think it was like 2018 or 19. They had like a 200 19. something million dollar payroll and the revenue was like 600 million. Yeah, so it was only like 32 or 33 percent. But like 15 years ago, it was like 50 percent of payroll towards revenue. It was, prob- it was probably like 90. <laughs> like George just wanted to fucking win. He didn't give a shit. So I miss so, I mean, that. Like, I can't fault them for, for wanting to do that. I think part of it, too, is the guys that are getting signed, like Robbie Ray getting 115 million, Kevin Gaussman well, getting 110. Well, Gaussman was only like good for last year. Like, he, yeah. looking at his, he's not like, I don't think he's going to repeat. He, he's going to the AL East, especially. There's no way he's going to be as good. And he got a hundred and something million dollars off of basically one year. 110 million. I mean, I think the one reasonable contract that was given out was Javi Baez. Six years, 140 million. What He's about, like a four, um, five win or five Wander, war player. Or Wander Franco, which technically not free agency, but well, that's that a, a bargain. Yeah. If he's even remotely what he's supposed to be, they, they got a good deal. 12 years, 185 million. And then with bonuses, the thoughts they can go up to 223 million. That's- like you, you can't say no if you're him. He's like 20. And like you just take that. But like it could turn out to be he's on getting underpaid. Hopefully not. Hopefully he sucks. And then Marcus Stroman just signed with the Cubs. It's a three-year, seventy-one million dollar contract that includes an opt-out after the second season. So if he opts out, opt-out. he'll make Justin Verlander money. Two years, fifty million. Both years are twenty-five, twenty-five, and then the last year is twenty-one. Verlander's got to be on steroids, right? He's on something. Like, how do you? go from being I don't he wasn't as bad as I remember in his last year in Detroit but he wasn't anything like he is in Houston like it makes no sense and he hasn't pitched in two years now so hopefully he sucks he's a freaking dick I wonder how serious the Yankees were about signing him I think they were serious but not for the kind of money that he got did he get two years or was it one with an option uh pretty sure it was two for 50. And like the option is a player option. Like the Yankees should steer away from the, you know, 10 year, $300 million. But if you're given, like I would have done Scherzer 43 million a year in a heartbeat. It's not like you're signing him for eight years. It's three. So say he, he gets hurt or whatever. And he's his normal self where he's really good, but he's misses four or five stars. I take that right now. Absolutely. They, they should have, but he fuck Max Scherzer. I don't want to go to any team on the East Coast and he fucking signs with the Mets. Well, then he actually said during his press conference, he was like, I never said that. 
Really? He's like, I, there was nothing for me being, he's like, my parents live in Florida. I have a house in Florida, like all these so things. Then, so then first, I, I apologize to Max Scherzer. <laughs> Secondly, why the fuck were the Yankees not all in on him? Like you, you know, you suck. You need that other starting pitcher. And quite frankly, Scherzer is probably better than fucking. I don't think Scherzer wanted to be in the AL. Just go where the fucking money is, dickwad. So, but I thought you said the Angels were a bigger. That's uh, what uh, I forgot who said it, but that the Angels had offered more because the Dodgers were like, eh, whatever. I'm surprised the Dodgers didn't shell out for him. They're trying yeah. to get under their luxury tax. Are they really? Yeah, they're under the luxury tax now, I think. Reset. Well, they're never, uh, they've never won a real championship in, since the 80s. So, very true. I'm surprised they didn't go all out for him. But uh, who's the owner? Is it still Magic Johnson? Yeah, it's that whole like consortium group. Uh, what a ridiculous thing that where the Mets are going to have the highest payroll and the Yankees are what below the Dodgers also? Or are they still? I think Yankees are probably have like third or fourth highest payroll. Red Sox might end up having higher. I want to see all those Mets fans. Like, I don't care about buying your fucking championship. There's no salary cap. What the baseball needs is a salary floor. Yep. It's sort of ridiculous that Scherzer's making more than some teams. Like, Jesus Christ. This is like becoming the NBA where Chris Paul's making fucking $40 million a year. <sighs> and I, I think the Yankees are going to do nothing. Obviously, I think they're going to do something. Probably not what fans want them to do. Fans but, are being way well, they're too gonna, rash. They're going to sign somebody, but it's like by doing something means like they're getting Freddie Freeman or Matt Olson. They're doing something as Angel whatever his first name is, Simmons. Andrelton Simmons, baby. Yeah, that's who we're going to end up fucking getting is a stopgap before one of our shortstop prospects comes up. But now let's say we signed Andrelton Simmons, but, it, at, you know, we traded for Matt Olson or we signed a Freddie Freeman. Who would I you would rather have, a success. Freeman or Olson? Because Olson is four, five years younger than Freeman. I think like four and a half. I think Freeman's 32. But Freeman's better, right? Yeah. Like a lot Freeman's better. better. Like, I, I don't know if he's a lot better, but I know he's for sure better. He's obviously won the MVP, but. I think I'd rather have Freeman. I think also, I, you don't have to give up anything. I would too. I mean, I feel like he'll obviously because he's older, he'll break down sooner. You know how I always am of the mindset of once they hit like their mid thirties, it's all over for him. Yeah. But he's just so good. Also, could, we could also, this could be uh, the, like, there's no problem if Luke Boy could just stay healthy and hit. Like, yeah, his, yeah. His de- defense is fucking brutal, but if he could do what he did during the COVID season, like, give me that. Yeah, but if he did what he did in the COVID season and Glaber Torres throws like the way that he does. Well, he's at second now. But he'll so still he's much closer. 45 errors. Much closer. He could just toss it to him. The one yeah. thing that I don't think people are, are thinking of, I feel like we're not going to get a Freeman or uh, Olsen or even re-sign Anthony Rizzo. Let's say we sign an Andrelton Simmons to be the stopgap shortstop. <laughs> DJ LeMay, who's your first baseman? Where the fuck's DJ LeMay who you going to play? First base. Exactly. He's your first baseman. So if you sign a shortstop and you sign, say you sign Freddie Freeman, where does he play then? I think I, he then becomes the. People always think they, that they're going to move on from Geo. I mean, he's a good trade piece, but I think at that point, LeMahieu could be what they had originally signed him to be the guy that plays every position on the infield every day of the week. So you give somebody else a rest day, rotate the DH. Giancarlo Stanton can't be the DH every day. He needs to be in the outfield. You could play it that way. But I'm very worried that everyone – what the hell was that? That was your intro. 
I was just an hour and 16 minutes late. I, I'm very worried that we're going to just put LeMahieu at first base, which is I'm not trying to be dramatic. I honestly think we're probably going to finish in fourth. Yeah, I think Tor- we are. Toronto is, uh, although maybe Boston comes back down to earth because usually they're like good and then fucking awful, but like they should not have been good this past year. It makes no sense. Maybe they'll suck too. And Toronto will win the division. Tampa will win the wild card and we'll fight for the second wild card. I mean, Toronto but, has work to do. I mean, they lost Semyon and they lost um, Robbie Ray, the Cy Young winner. Yeah, they but their, their offense is redonkulous. And like, they, they need to replace Christ. Semyon. They're going to sign probably like Trevor Story or something like that. They don't need to. They have enough. Like, you don't need an. It's like the Yankees fans who want an all-star at every position. They don't need an offense, another guy. Just play somebody cheap. But they, and I bet you like, they sign another starter. They'll sign like a Yusei Kikuchi or something like that. I don't, from the Mariners. Tr- I don't trust that uh, with Gossman's their ace now. No, I think um, Barrios is. And I, then Ryu's their number two. Like those are like decent pitchers, but like I, there's nobody really scary. But well, I mean, they're paying those, Barrios to be their ace. Those guys are good enough to get them more wins. They'll probably, I think I would probably have them win the division. I think their as of right now, I think they're so good. And then Tampa needs to start to suck because that's starting to piss me off. They're paying like $13 in fucking salary and they beat us every fucking time. The Yankees are closer to the Orioles than they are to Toronto and Tampa. Uh, The Orioles are really bad. I don't know. They just signed uh, Rubenet Ordor. So, I mean. It's really bad. All right. How long is your fucking 1904 Olympic marathon story? that I shared with you on TikTok and then completely forgot about. It's not insanely long. I can kind of speed through it because, or do we, do you want to save it? Cause I feel like it deserves the time because you took, you took the time to research it. We could save it till next week. Cause we're getting towards the end because we're trying to speed these up to like an hour and a half. I think that's more, more of a listenable thing. We can, we can save it for next week. So we can still talk about war games if you want to. And then I see we have a Google Doc of topics and there's something that you have a this or that for me. It's a it's a sports related this or that. You know, obviously you you talk about your, you know, your favorite teams. I'm curious so if you had to choose Yankees or Giants. Because I know if it was between Devils and Knicks, you're taking the Devils. Knicks, I feel like are the Knicks are fourth. fourth. Yeah, but Yankees are Giants. I love football because it's more exciting because you get, you know, that's one game a week and fantasy football is amazing. But baseball is like, I get to come home and there's something on every day during the summer to watch. Ah, I don't know. I feel like I felt, I used to be a much bigger Yankees. I probably, I've been a Giants fan longer. So I'd probably say the Giants slightly, but they're so fucking bad. Like, <laughs> More but also, the Giants have won a championship more recent than the Yankees. Yeah, that's true. But they've also been worse than the Yankees have since then. Valid. It's tough because I lost interest a lot in the Yankees this year. Like they when they were like really not even fun to watch. Like I didn't even put the game on sometimes where I was like, I'm not going to ruin my night by watching this fucking overpaid team fail. But if I had to... It's tough because football is probably the most fun because it's you only get 16 games and it's there's so much less. So you, you really focus on the one game. Uh, I'd probably pick the Giants. I, I've been a Giants fan longer than a Yankees fan, but it's not, it's very close. Depending on how good the team is or 
what season and how I'm feeling. Like right now I'm in the midst of, I don't want to watch the Yankees even next year. Like they're going to finish fourth. Like I have no, it's going to be just depressing. So I'd probably take the giants, even though they're fucking ruin my Sunday every single week. Even when they win, it's like, that was too tough. That was not fun to watch. It was not, there's no fun games to watch. I don't even know the last fun game I watched with the giants. Agonizing, stressful. Like when was the last time they just like, maybe Jones's first start against Washington at home where they like just beat them the entire game. Like there are no fun giants games where they ever just closer. It wasn't like two, were they ever just like, were they ever just like kill somebody like, yeah. So there's like no fun whatsoever. But I'd probably go with the Giants. It's close. Very close. I could change my answer next week. Like maybe the Giant, the Yankees sign fucking Correa or something. And I'm like, fuck yeah, we're back on. Well, that won't happen considering the the lockout starts in about two hours and 44 minutes. They need to get that shit over. How do you, how do you, um, what was it? Negotiate for seven minutes and then leave. Like I, even my sex lasts longer than that sometimes. Like, come on. Yeah, it's. It's not looking good, and um, I think this will be the fourth. But we expected this. We knew this was coming like two years ago. Yeah, completely. And, you know, obviously it's a benefit that it's obviously they have four months before the regular season starts. I assume eventually they, you know, before spring training, they will come to some sort of an agreement. Uh, Right now, it looks like all hope is lost. Um, They're they're not going to – they won't miss games, I don't think. They're not – I hope not because there's too much money at stake. Yeah, they they've saw what happened with COVID. So like you already you're not gonna you can't do that again. Way too much money at stake. But uh yeah, the lockout starts at 1201 Thursday morning, midnight. Um we should stress that a lot. It's lockout's different than a strike, people. Strike is when the players or the you know the union says we're not gonna do this. The owners are locking out the players. Yeah. All right. So I feel like we can do war games is this Sunday. We can just run down what happened we don't need a predictions but i feel like it's time for the unusual deaths what do you got for me so sometimes we have i have a there's a lot of stuff we still haven't done at all because we always find a topic like ghostbusters took a long time um but uh, i'm gonna let you pick a year again Ooh, because you already did when we were born and you already did when we graduated college or uh, high school Dead air. What about 1992? Uh, my favorite wrestling year. Let's see. And that's not what I'm trying to do. 1992. We have one. Yay. All right. Greg Austin Gingrich. November 28th, 1992. This is a little bit of a long one. Oh, I can already see something's going to be bad. It's at the Grand Canyon. Oh, God. While 38-year-old Greg Austin Gingrich was... Is he related to Newt Gingrich? I was, that's exactly what I was thinking. Was vacationing at the Grand Canyon in uh, Coquino County, Arizona. Uh-oh. Coconino? Whatever. Yeah, you're better at words. Um, <laughs> with his teenage daughter. This is not good. He began to play act, losing his balance to frighten her. Oh, boy. No, I, can, uh, I just I think feel this is going. I feel I feel like I, I need that sound clip. Oh boy, here <laughs> we go. Gingrich leaped atop a guard wall and began windmilling his arms in an exaggerated manner. You fucking idiot! Then, in quotes, comically, fell from the wall 
on the canyon side onto a short slope where he assumed he would land safely. Oh, you know what happens when you assume? This guy's a fucking idiot. You're pretending to fall at the Grand Canyon, assuming you will land safely. Comically. He comically fell. Wow, this is great. I wonder how they got this fact checked. His daughter, unimpressed with his antics, walked (laughs) on. How did they know that? Did they interview her? Gingrich, however, missed his footing, duh, and fell approximately 400 feet into the canyon to his death. That's going to leave a mark. Fucking moron. 38-year-old moron. If only he knew Bear Grylls, he would have told him not to do that. Uh, survivor moron. So he was pretending to fall like Joe from Impractical Jokers, oh, 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 which popped me and Alex so hard one time when we were watching that. Um, so he's pretending to fall. His daughter doesn't give two shits because it's her fucking. Look, well, like when you just said that she was unimpressed, was she just standing there like, dad? And how do they get that? Away? How do they get that information? Like, what the fuck? That's that's amazing. So you can uh, see if there's any. He doesn't have a page. So oh, right after him is Brandon Lee. That's depressing. Oh really? Yeah, that was the next unusual death. Yeah, so I don't know if, how much research you can do on him, but yeah, thirty-eight-year-old uh, vacationing moron. I'll see what I can find out about. Yeah, uh, it's a good rule if you're anywhere near like a giant crater to not. Like, I, why would you like maybe pretending to fall while you're on solid ground, like by the edge, you go. Oh, and then walk away. But like he was pretending like he actually fell thinking he would be fine. Like, are you fucking, well, obviously he's fucking stupid. I think I'll be okay. Like, like even uh, when, when Kate and I are going for like hikes and we're in the woods and like, there's a little bit of slope. I won't let her like anywhere near it. Cause I'm petrified. She's going to fall. It's just so dumb. I just, I, I can't imagine. I I'm going to have to do some research on that one. Slid onto a short slope where he assumed he would land safely. Like at least he maybe scouted out. And was like, yeah, that looks fine. I'll be good. The dumbass. Like, I guess this is '92. You don't really have technology to entertain your kids You're trying to pretend to die. I guess. But you said she's a she was a teenager, right? Charity hates your guts. Like, why are you trying to entertain her? Uh, his teenage daughter. Yeah. Like, so I'm guessing probably if he's doing that, thirteen to fifteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Imagine if it was like his 18 year old daughter, like fucking idiot. 19 uh, in college, home for the yeah. summer. Hey, honey. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Hey, why won't you? I, die? But I really wonder, like, his daughter, unimpressed with his aunt. That sounds like a story, like a fake story. <laughs> unimpressed with his antics, walked on. Like, <laughs> did they ask him after they fall and be like, sure, what happened? Well, my daughter was unimpressed with my antics. She walked on. Uh-oh, I'm dead. Like, <laughs> interviewing. Fuck. How'd that feel? How'd that fall for? Oh, God. What's the, um, Oh, who said this? I can't remember. There's a comedy special where, oh, it was Brian Regan, where the, they're showing Evil Knievel a clip of what, like, his most famous fall. And he's like, do, do you remember that, Evil? Do you remember that? No, I don't. What were, you, what were you thinking? Hey, did I remember to turn the stove off? No, I was thinking, ah! Like, fucking duh. Stupid-ass question is that? Of course, what mean was I thinking? I was thinking, I'm going to fucking die. God damn it. All right, well, that was Greg Austin Gingrich. And yeah, I'm gonna do some research on that. A vacation moron. So uh um you can give us on this day and then we can wrap it up. I actually have four for on this day, December first. And I remembered what the one from the first time you did this was. You forgot about the wrestling one that I saw on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Triple H in Austin with the car. Oh, yes, yes. So hopefully you didn't forget any. No, so I have four. Two of them are non-sports and two are actually sports so every week i'm gonna try to give you one like mainstream and one sports related i feel like you should give us everything that ever happened on this day there's a lot 
Yeah, I want everything. What happened? Who was born? Name me every person born. So I'll give you this in, uh, in Jason or otherwise in year order. So in 1953, on this day, December 1st, Hugh Hefner published the first edition of Playboy magazine featuring Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe, Monroe. the magazine's first centerfold. Two years later, on this day in 1955, this is a good one. Rosa Parks was arrested for refusing to move to the back of a bus and give her seat to a white passenger in Montgomery, Alabama. The fact that Rosa Parks didn't die that long ago is still baffling, even though I know that. Like, I forget what year it was. Let me see. Uh, she died in 2005, which, like, because when you hear that story, you you think, like, Harriet Tubman era, like, yeah. like Underground Railroad and shit. You're not realizing that that wasn't that long ago. Like, she died, like, we were out of high school, and she was yeah, still alive. we were in college. Like, that's insane. Now we get to the two sports ones. I think you're going to like one better than the other, but both I think are pretty good. So on this day in 1996, Wayne Gretzky became at the time, the first and only player in NHL history to reach 3000 points, including the playoffs recording an assist in a six, two win for the Rangers over the Montreal Canadiens. He's got to still be the, I think he's still the only guy fact check that I'm, I'm um, pretty sure he is. And this one's and on this day, it's a little bit of a longer one. But on this day in 1997, Latrell Sprewell attacked choke? head coach PJ Carlissimo oh during God. a Golden State Warriors practice when Carlissimo yelled at Sprewell to make crisper passes, specifically asking him to put a little mustard on it. Sprewell this is Golden res- State? Golden State. Sprewell responded that he was not in the mood for criticism to keep his distance. When Carlissimo then approached him, Sprewell threatened to kill him dragged him backwards by the throat choking him for about 10 seconds before teammates pulled him off what day in 97 december 1st because he because he was only on the he was still on the warriors in 98 he didn't go to the knicks until that year he never played another game for the warriors until right, he got would, traded to the knicks. I would, okay that makes sense like that's ballsy for the knicks to trade for a guy who just choked his coach oh it gets well, better it well, did, he didn't just choke him 20 minutes later after showering and changing, he accosted Carlissimo again and then landed a glancing blow, punching him in the face. I didn't know. I don't think I knew that. He was suspended for 10 games. But after public outroar, his contract was voided, which was later overturned. But yeah, the you, NBA then suspended him for the rest of the season. So he missed like 68 games. Yeah, he was then later traded to the Knicks for John Starks, Chris Mills, and Terry Cummings. We traded a franchise icon for Latrell Sprewell after he fucking mur- tried to murder his coach. I guess he tried Starks, to murder him twice, basically. He choked him out and then punched Starks was probably at the end of his career, but like I'm I forgot that they traded Starks for Sprewell. I forgot and he that was he was Starks really good for the Knicks, too. They were good then. He was on the Knicks from 98 to 2003, and they were good. They went to the finals uh, the year after that, 99. That that was like my big Knicks year. Like I didn't re- watch all the Jordan years where they kicked the shit out of the Knicks, but I was really into the 99 team. That was the, the strike shortened season, wasn't it? Yeah, they were the eight seed. They beat the uh, Heat in game five on an Allen Houston running layup. Oh, I remember I was on the phone with my buddy watching that. I'll never forget that. That was like the second eight seed to ever beat a one seed. Then they got all the way to the finals where they got the shit kicked out of them by the Spurs in five games. You know, I did not know that John Starks did not start his career with the Knicks. I feel like I did, but... That doesn't sound familiar. 
Where did he start? With he like, was oh. an undrafted player and signed with Golden State. I know Allen Houston started in Detroit. Like a lot of the Knicks legends, I guess, didn't start their career. Yeah, then he tried out for the Knicks and got signed by the Knicks in 1990. Legend. It's, it's a shame. They should have. Can we go back and switch the Knicks and the Rangers in 94? Like, <laughs> give me the Knicks title. I would at least like to have been alive for a fucking Knicks title. I think it'll happen eventually. You might be 60, but it'll happen. I'm not convinced, to be honest. Although, if I could rank, I've been... I don't know if I would put the Knicks... They're my... Basketball's by number four out of the four major ones, but, like, I've never seen the Knicks win a title. So, that, like, if I could only choose one, I I don't know what I would pick. Like, I want to see the Knicks win and complete the fucking... the four-peat, but, like, I, I want a Stanley Cup more than that. But... Like I've never seen the Knicks even like come close to winning. Like they made the finals, but they, they didn't stand a chance against the Spurs. Don't you just want the Devils to be playoff bound again? Obviously, I know you want them to win a championship, but make the playoffs again. I mean, First. they did that a couple years ago. Miraculously, I, I mean that was kind of unexpected. That's what I'm hoping happens, but they stay good. Like that fell apart like quicker than you could ever imagine. But uh, we're uh, about to wrap up, so I just want to reiterate that if you want to buy something off of the Amazon wish list and get a free t-shirt. It's on this, that rant Twitter. So go follow that on uh, Twitter. It's the pinned tweet. I believe I, I, I pinned it. So it's a shout out to Randy and James click that link 25 bucks or more. Boom. I'll send you a t-shirt. Uh, follow it on Instagram. Also this, that rant. I try to post stuff, follow it. If anybody's listening, please follow it. So we can like figure out who we don't actually know actually listens to this. Because there's a couple people, like somebody in the Philippines is listening to this. Shout out to you, whoever you are. Please follow this, that rant on Twitter and Instagram so we can uh, interact. And uh, that's it for episode four. And then uh, don't forget to catch us on YWC football tomorrow for the yeah, Cowboys Saints game. I think we're doing live. I, think I believe doing- we are. I think we're doing like a live, almost like a Manning cast type thing with uh, us and, and Griff. So I, I have to deal with you two days in a row. Usually once a week is just like, that's in, that's just, just, enough. Minimum, just that's enough, just yeah. enough where it's like, all right, I can deal like an hour and a half a week. Just enough douche. Now that might be a two hour podcast tomorrow. It might be longer than two hour. I, I think I, we're doing for the whole game. I, uh, I have, I, I did ask to work later the next day so I could stay up, but I don't know if I can talk that much. Like that's, that's a lot. If the Cowboys start losing to Taysom Hill and or Trevor Semyon, I might just start sobbing. So I hate it. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And this was episode four. We'll uh, catch you next week.